Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bedrock City Presents Uncanny Universe Podcast. And on this week's episode, we are talking about Obi-Wan, episode two, episode three, and the new David Cronenberg film, Crimes of the Future, uh, 2022, not the 1970s <laughs> one of the same title, directed by the same person, but a different story. But anyway, we're going to go ahead and get this thing going. Hey, everyone. This is Dylan. And I'm Michael. So that's right. Uh, last week, if you remember, uh, we could have reviewed episode one and two of Obi-Wan, but uh, your boy was very busy and only got to watch episode one. So uh, we're doing two and three today. You get a twofer. Um, and thank you, based Star Wars, for not releasing on a Wednesday. So we're not like super behind. Um, <laughs> unlike Marvel, we're, we're always like perpetually behind. Um, but anyway, and as a, also a little bit of housekeeping, we are um, recording this on Sunday. So big surprise to everybody here. So if we're, if there's any crazy news that happens on Monday or Tuesday, um, sorry. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Dylan, you want to talk to me about the news that you found this week? What do we got? Sure. First, we got some uh, Discovery Warner Media Insider, uh, you know, executive news here. Um, but bear with me; it all makes sense. Okay. So. Um, David Zaslav, we talked about this a, a bit, but he's the um, the discovery boss, basically the company that acquired Warner Warner Brothers. Okay. Um, and Toby Emmerich is the Warner Brothers dude who's now under him, you know. Um, and it was clear that Zaslav wanted to make a bunch of changes with Warner Brothers and DC, you know, to tie it into the show. Um, so he, Toby Emmerich is out. He's leaving. Um, okay. I guess they're going to look for a new guy. Uh, it's, it says David Zasoff wants to have three verticals for um for Warner Brothers. He's trying to simplify it, so he wants Warner Brothers a new line, which is like their other movie making studio. Okay. And then they want DC Entertainment, and then they want animation. So those three things. So they, I think they definitely want to invest heavily in DC if they want to make it a whole vertical. You know. Okay. Sure. Um, and since it's its own thing, they're looking for their Kevin Feige basically to. Mm-hmm to run it. Walter Hamada is kind of the guy that does that now, but he's not, he he's, not do the, he's not the home run though. Like, yeah, well, absolutely. But he's not like the creative guy. Like Kevin Feige is like, he's more invested in the business side of it, right. you know? Um, so I think they want like a fan maybe, or you would think they would, you know, if okay. you're trying to, if you're trying to match that formula, but yes, the rumor is that they want uh, Todd Phillips to do this role. Okay, um, really? The, direct, the director of Joker. Oh, um, no. So it just seems like a very Warner Brothers move to be like, oh, well, he gave us a really good movie. You know, arguably DC's most successful movie in the last decade or so. You know, well, a long have, time. I mean, isn't that exactly the Snyder model? Right? Like, he did Man of Steel, which was successful in Batman Begins. Not Batman Begins, I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, he did Man of Steel, which was successful, and then it's like, well, all right, let's BBS go ahead. And Justice League, yeah, BBS Justice League, model yeah. everything after you, you're a producer and everything, uh, and then it sucks. So I don't know. It's, it seems like it's they're... definitely like a rumor at this point. Okay, um, it's it's basically confirmed through Hollywood Reporter that they want him to do that, but it's not. They haven't talked about whether or not he's going to basically. But we we know they want that, which is uh, not very promising for the future, I feel like, because I mean, a lot of people like Joker. Yeah, Joker. I mean, Joker was you can't argue with the fact that it was a huge success. Um, Right. 
but I think you need someone who's into the comics, you know, like, I don't want to like be the, Oh, well, they're not following the comics, dude, you know, but um, of course, cause we are definitely not those people. He's famously, he says it in every interview. He's not a fan of them. He says in Joker, we followed no comics. Uh, he says, I don't know what those are. I don't like, I basically don't care. You know, we're doing our oh, own wow. thing, which is, you know, that's a, a I mean, valid, that's, that's valid. Yeah. But that's pretty yeah. disrespectful for a lot of people. I just think if you want the Marvel success, not saying they are necessarily going for that, but I feel like they should. They shouldn't mirror Marvel in every way, but they should try to replicate the connected universe. Can't miss right. every chapter. Um, like must see entertainment aspect of it. I think you know. I know. I completely agree. I think um, that's. Uh, what else has Todd Phillips done other than Joker? Because I don't know offhand, and I like Joker was made. Didn't he all... do the fighter? Was that him? Was he? I don't know, because the 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 craft on Joker was mid, but with like a a really nice sheen on it. It's like a it's like a bad picture, but with those Instagram filters, it hits a little different. You know what I mean? Uh, and that's sort of what I think Joker was. And I don't know, like, fi- sure financially um, it was a success, but like I don't understand handing your keys to that kingdom, and and still. Like Dylan was saying, with the him not caring about comics, but like you know, you don't have to be all up in it. But you know, I, I feel like you're alienating a, a a part of the audience here, um, if that's the model that you're going with. Yeah, it just seems like it's not a like a lateral move that makes sense. You know, Todd Phillips right. did. His other biggest movies are Hangover 1, 2, and 3. Oh. Um, but I don't okay. know. It doesn't make sense to me. It seems like another one of those Warner Brothers decisions where it makes sense doesn't make sense to anyone else except something they've got going on. And it's like if I like host a really good signing for Bedrock and they're like, that was really good. Why don't you do all the ordering for Bedrock now? You know? It's like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's I don't think how that, that works. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, I don't know, but no, no, that yeah, that makes sense. It's like uh, th- those those aren't the same things, huh? I could see giving him another movie, absolutely. You know, oh, but, I mean, he uh, should. I mean, if you gave them that amount of success, there's no reason he should not get another contract. I mean, my my opinions on Joker aside, like yeah. it just makes good business sense for Warner to give him another movie, right? Like, obviously, he seems like he's like Mister. I'm the creative dude, so. I have a oh, feeling yeah. he's not he's not gonna take this. Is he film bro? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I mean, Zaddy is. We know Zaddy is. Of course, yeah. But I don't know. Would you okay, would you rather have Zack Snyder back in charge or Todd Phillips? You have to pick one or the other. I guess Todd Phillips for something different. Fair enough. We, 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 we are, tried we tried Snyder, you know. We already know what what we get with Snyder. Yeah. Yikes. But, well, more more on that as it develops, I guess. Right. Um okay, we got some DC new, I mean uh Disney news, my bad. Oh, Disney. Um Pinocchio, the live action one. We've covered it a little bit, but I we keep have. forgetting that it's a thing. I know. Um, this I, is I the forget Tom about it Hanks every one. time until uh there's a new news piece. It's coming out on Disney Plus on September 8th. And uh-huh. it's on my a birthday. theater release. Oh, ha- happy birthday. You can watch a Pinocchio right uh, um yeah that's that sounds like something i will be doing well obviously at 2 a.m on well yeah you know, the night the night of the 7th yeah know. i'm gonna stay up for that yeah i got yeah. to 
so the so the teaser came out right and i don't know what did you think about it, it looked fine it, i didn't i don't like pinocchio actually so it didn't uh do anything for me but sure the I'm not, trailer the craft of the trailer looked fine the tra- I, I mean it looked like a disney movie um it's by robert zemeckis who oh yeah yeah, yeah passed I saw that. away and uh a lot of movies he's done a million things beowulf <laughs> yeah he's a big he's a big established director yeah um, and i okay look i'm kind of Forrest over Cone. i'm kind of over tom hanks in like I we're feel on like, to chet hanks now i don't know who that is <laughs> that's his son you need no, to I like i like colin hanks no so, chet's the real one is Not he colin hanks yeah uh you need to look into him he's wild chet hanks okay yeah uh everyone at home look into chet hanks he's he's insane he oh he <laughs> it's okay. like how did this man raise this kind of thing wow when's it when's he his mma a, debut he does a South African accent a lot. Just kind of weird. That, that that looks like it fits. Yeah. Huh. But anyway. Wow. Okay. Um, How about that? So, no go, hype for Pinocchio. Okay. So no, I'm not. I'm not hyped for Pinocchio. I really don't care. I don't. I don't care about the property. Really. I. It was one of my least favorite Disney's as a kid. You know. Mm-hmm. It was. I'm sure I owned it. Least favorite Disney's. <laughs> I mean, that's what. I'm Another calling. Disney, please. Another Disney, mommy. Give me the tape. <laughs> um. Um, but I don't know. I, I I'm sure I owned it, but this is not one of my frequent rewatches as a kid. And I won't be checking this out unless we decide to review it. But with the way this year is shaping up, I don't think we have time for maybe iffy stuff like this. Yeah, this is probably coming out during Sea Hulk. So yeah. Oh well. Um maybe. You never know. I mean, stay what tuned for amazing? a review of Crimes of the Future, which is, you know, very yeah. relevant. Yeah, right. Um but anyway. Okay. So back to DC. Yes. We got a, or a CW. We got to mm. do a, a Gotham Knights, the first Gotham, Gotham Knights trailer. We mm. covered the covered we the synopsis. We covered the picture. The poster. Now we're doing yeah. the trailer. They're trickling out the Gotham Knights knowledge. And uh, this <laughs> is exactly what I thought it would be, I think. What, um, what about you? Okay. I My expectations are so low with anything CW that this trailer impressed me. Oh, okay. That's I good. thought it looked all right. You know, it's like, hey, you know what? This looks okay. I don't it know. If terrible. I, but no, I mean, like... I don't know if I'm compelled enough to watch it. If there's any You're superhero show that I'm not watching that I want to watch, it's The Boys. Um, I don't. I so don't you think you can't that... watch Gotham Knights until you watch The Boys. That, that's sort of yeah. That's that's Boys is top priority. Um, of things I'm not actually gonna watch, but like Boys is number one on that list. I wish we were just doing the boys every week, but I know Obi Wan's what what the fans want. So it's what the people want, Dylan. Obi Wan's like three times as big as the boys, but they had a cameo this week. Charlie Theron in the boys. Yeah. Okay. It's like Multiverse of Madness. It's Dylan. Spoilers. Oh, sorry. Well, we Spoilers for both. She's she's playing the same character from Fast Nine in both properties, right? Mm-hmm. With the she's playing the bowl the bowl cut one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Gotham Knights. Uh, check it <laughs> out on fine. YouTube. It's a, you know, Turner Hayes, Bruce Wayne's adopted son, trying to figure, and Carrie Kelly, who has some kind of costume on. They're trying to figure out who killed Batman. I, I think the trailer is pretty decent. I'm not going to watch it, but um, if you are already watching the CW, DC stuff, this is probably pretty exciting for you. I would imagine. Yeah, 
I want to know if it's good. If someone tells me, it wouldn't take much. If someone right. told me it was good, I'd, I'd watch it. Um, okay, we got some more uh, some more Marvel news here. Yes, I am Groot. We thought I thought this was coming out later. I did. I thought this was going to be like a way future project, but apparently it's coming out before Sea Hulk um, on August tenth. Okay. Um, this yeah, is the Disney the Plus, out, right? Yeah, this is the Disney Plus uh, series of shorts. Starring Vin Diesel, uh, you know, presumably. Um, and it takes place in between Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and Avengers Infinity War. So we're doing Baby Group. Okay. Before he's Teen Group. Um, and he's, you know, just getting into some shenanigans on the Milano. Okay. Um, I think it I, has potential I, to be fun. I do too. Like shorts. Are we talking like these, those forky things that were when Disney Plus started, they had like the two, three minute shorts? Or are we talking maybe like I don't minutes? know. I don't know. I don't know I don't, if they're all going to drop or if it's weekly or. Because I also don't know how much Baby Groot like can carry a story. Um, I think they're probably, if I had to guess, like five to ten minute shorts. Okay, I'm okay with that. I'll yeah. watch it. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, sure, why not? I'll this won't be it. the first MCU thing I haven't seen, so I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah. right. You're not going to start with the Baby Groot or with I Am Groot. And it's probably gonna be under an hour long total, you know. So true. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm gonna watch it. I don't know what I'm complaining about, but um we'll see it. We'll see it. Yeah, it's we'll, a yeah, we'll see. MCU animated project. Um speaking of MCU, we got a release date for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness for Disney Plus. It's coming yes, out on did. June twenty-second. That's so, so soon. if you haven't seen it in theaters, um if you didn't contribute to the 879 million global wow. box office, then you can just wait and see it on Disney Plus, which is what I think you should do. If you haven't seen it by now, you clearly don't care too much. Right. Um, so just just hang in there a little bit longer. Yeah. Are you going to rewatch this, Michael, when it comes um, out? No. I saw it twice, so I think I'm good on the re- I I saw it once. Watch. Um, wow, your audio got like real weird right there. It said rewatch. Um, oh, very so. Well, you know, oh, it's very okay. very multiverse wow. of madness for you there, Dylan. Um, but very I, spooky. Yeah, Sam Raimi directed that. Yeah, I think. Um, I don't know, man. I don't care really. So, no, I'm probably not going to watch this movie again for a while. If I'm going to be completely honest. For never. I mean, I I haven't rewatched a lot of more MCU movies in a while. Like, I don't really remember the last one I watched at home. I stopped buying the Blu-rays too. Like, I don't care. Checked out. I am. No, I mean, I don't really watch many movies even, so I can't. I, talk. I I do rewatch movies that I really like. Um, and I I mean, I really like some movies like Captain Marvel and Black Panther. Like, I think I've watched Black Panther at home, Captain Marvel at home. The... <laughs> this wasn't one of them. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but you know what people really did love, Michael? What's that, Dylan? Top Gun Maverick. I, you know, I heard that. I've heard people really dug it. It's got a 97 Rotten Tomatoes. It has an A plus cinema score, which is almost unheard of. Wow. Um, and it has the lowest, it has a 32% drop from uh, first weekend to second weekend. Which is the smallest uh, second weekend drop ever for a movie that made over a hundred million. So basically, a blockbuster. Wow. So it has 
like the most impressive second weekend of any blockbuster, basically. And that's um, not. And that, I think that's, that's, that's not probably like due to word numbers. of mouth. You're right. That's not just like pandemic yeah. stuff. That's just wow. Just in general, yeah. Awesome. Um, and anytime that happens, like I think, um us had a super good one too i think that was like really up there in the second weekend thing um anytime yeah. that happens it's got to be a movie that people walk out and they're like that was really good i'm gonna tell everyone to go see it you know um, right people who are already planning so then the second weekend is when you get the word you know so right 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 it's clearly really good i saw it i liked i liked it it has it's got a 4.2 on letterbox wow that's so, pretty that's pretty good that's really good yeah okay yeah awesome um, I, I i want i you know what this, i want to see what, it. what's going to get you to see it i want to see it um what's going to get me to see it i'm not sure okay, cool um it's some free time honestly i don't i don't have okay. a lot um but it, i'll probably I, I will probably end up watching it at home if i'm being completely real um but you know no. what you know what doesn't have good word of mouth michael What's that? Morbius. Ooh, it's Morbid time. <laughs> it's it's more that joke's over. Jared Leto did it. So oh now no, it's like, he uh, did it. Yeah, now it's Man. like, oh, who cares? He was like, you know what time it is, and he was. And then he showed up a script for Morbius two. Stop. <sighs> so it's not funny anymore. We need to just drop it, I guess. Okay. Uh, Sony did it. Like they're all like you know all the all the corporations and like it's they, they it's, thought. The joke is right out. So all the memes online, I guess, gaslit Sony into thinking people actually wanted this movie back, which is really funny. Just their fundamental misunderstanding of the internet, to me anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, did they not know everyone was just making fun of it because it's awful? Uh, right now we're ripping on it. Marvel Legend, uh, Morbius. Yikes. Um, <laughs> we had to, we had to so, reprice our first appearance. Oh, it went uh, down. Right. Uh, oh, uh, it went. Out, it went down, man couple hundred bucks um so they reopened it in theaters uh last weekend a thousand uh, theaters right thousand something more even yeah um and it made i think it made eighty five thousand dollars on the friday that it opened <laughs> which is like it i think the per theater average was like 82 dollars oh um, man which is what like five tickets yeah well about five okay, tickets well, per theater well, at AMC, they were selling the tickets for $5. Oh, okay. So there's that. It's still that for a whole day, $82 for the theater it, is not worth reopening it, you know? Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, and I think it made like $300,000 for the whole weekend. Um, your, your number here, Dylan. So it is um, $85,000 divided uh-huh. by 1,037 theaters is 82 tickets. Okay. Which is not a lot considering it's going to be in a decent theater with, you know, 75 to 100 seats. Mm-hmm. And that's for the whole day. Yeah. <laughs> so that's unfortunate. And it's not a long movie. I don't think. 82 tickets for how long? For, for that the day? For, for the day. For the $85,000 for the Friday. Oh, got it. Okay, and that's you know eighty. That's eighty-two tickets in the whole country. Yeah, not like per theater. So, yeah, that's rough. Um, it flopped. 
Uh, I think it's yeah. funny. I, I'm glad that this happened. They, they got slapped in the face again. Jared Leto did anyway. Um, yeah. He probably thought that there was a resurgence and people loved him and this was going to be it. Like we were just late to the party, but nah. No. That's not what happened. We, we didn't. The, the memes, the memes, you've got to understand the meme culture. You know, the memes were roasting the movie. Remember Tyrese? <laughs> Come on. They don't know. Oh, that's awkward. That's yeah. Horrible. But anyway, don't don't, don't don't go don't go see Morbius again. Don't do it. If you have it. to watch it again, watch it at home. I don't know. <laughs> figure, <laughs> figure it out. But anyway, let's hear about the live sale. I bet you didn't know that we host a weekly live streaming comic sale. Dust off your old Facebook account or borrow your grandma's login. Join us every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Central. Bedrock City is the only verified blue check comic store on Facebook, meaning we're better than everyone else. It also means that we're trusted to bring you brand new quality key issues, comic bundles, variants, and more every week at super affordable prices. Even if you've already spent all your money on Fortnite skins like me, you can still join just to hang out and chat comics with Kevin Austin and me. For all the details not covered here, or if your auditory processing disorder didn't allow you to comprehend anything I just said, head over to bedrockcity.com slash live to read all the details. Hashtag ad. And we are back. And before we get to my news, we are going to do our picks of the week. Uh, I'm going to start off with Fortnite X Marvel Zero War number one. Uh, I got to get it early because those codes are very uh, short from what I understand. What's this the time skin? Around. Have they said? Um, they did. I forgot. Um, I haven't oh, played Fortnite. Oh, in I haven't heard half, about it yet. So I think I heard it might be a Spider-Man skin, but I'm not sure. Okay. Um, no, I'm not sure. But I'm very excited. Um, this is gonna this is gonna get me back in. Um, because it comes out while I'm in Ohio, and I did download Fortnite on my Android, and I have a controller, so I'm ready to go. Um, okay. So I'm ready. What cool. about you, Dylan? Mine is the DC Pride uh one shot. It's like an 80 page uh, collection with uh, anthology, a bunch of different characters, uh, Robin, Superman, um, nice. Aqualad, Joe, the Green Lantern, stuff like that. So I read yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah. Good. And those covers are really nice, too. There's some great ones. The Jen Bartel ones, the the one that's the get. one. That's the, the money. The one. Harley Ivy one. Yeah. Oh, and to answer your question, the the code for number one of Fortnite Marvel is a new Spider-Man outfit. Okay, and number two, thought. then it's an Iron Man wrap, then a Wolverine pickaxe, then a spray, then a loading screen, and then Lame. something else if you have all five. So, okay, they really don't like keep you coming back, right? Like I feel like you gotta make well, me the, the all yeah. five one was good for DC. It was like the uh, armored Batman. So yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. the fifth one will be a, a another another banger. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Um, but anyway, so let's get into my news. Um, I have a couple of uh, wrestling news here. One that is. Not really. It's about a wrestler, but not wrestling related. Um, the Twisted Metal uh, series that is coming up to Peacock, we've mentioned once or twice. Um, Samoa Joe is going to be playing. Uh, what's his name? Sweet Tooth. Which is interesting to me. Um, okay. I like Samoa Joe a lot. Um, he's an excellent wrestler. I don't know what that means for. I don't know if he's ever done voiceover work before. <laughs> um. He 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 kind of is like a big gruff guy with a gruff voice, so it kind of works for Sweet Tooth for me. Do you care about Twisted Metal, Dylan, as a property? No, not really. I've never really played it. Okay. Do you do you know about Samoa Joe either? Do you have you heard of him? Do you know his name? I've heard of him, but I don't know about him. 
Okay, cool. I figured not. I, th- I thought I think he's one of those guys that is not a uh, a crossover name. Um. Okay. My I know, other. Piece... I know Will Arnett. He's in it too, right? Oh, I thought it was like Will uh, Arnett doesn't wrestle Dylan. <laughs> sorry, uh, but yeah. Um. Anyway, so that is it. Samojo, and actually, um, Samojo is going to be playing the physical body of the character as well. So I don't know if he's going to be. I, we're not sure, according to the press release, if he's going to be the voice and the body or just the body. So just the body is a little insulting, but, you know, it is what it is. It says um, Will Arnett is playing Sweet Tooth. Is he doing the voice, maybe? Oh, does it say that? Okay. Oh, they're probably, yeah, there, they're there probably both playing the character. There it is. Yeah, you're right. So Samojo is indeed just the body of of uh, hmm. Sweet Tooth. That's a shame. Interesting. Okay. That's too bad. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, AEW news here. So um, this past Sunday, we ha- crowned a brand new world champion. Uh, CM Punk beat Hangman Adam Page to win the AEW World Championship. Uh, very exciting. Everybody was happy about that. Then this past Wednesday, he had a match on Dynamite and apparently sustained um, a couple of broken bones in his foot, which is unfortunate. Uh, so he came out on Friday and cut a promo about how he can't compete. He has to have some surgery. And he just won the belt five days prior, um, which is really unfortunate. Um, However, what they're going to do, so they're not stripping the belt. Uh, He is still the champion. But what they're going to do is they're creating an interim championship. This is a, a pretty common thing in boxing, Dylan, or MMA. I don't know if you're familiar with interim championships, Dylan. So it's like, Champion is not available to work or compete or whatever. So, but we're not going to strip you of this, you know, title, but we're going to create someone to be champion in your stead. And then when you're ready, then you have a fight or a match or a whatever about to see who the real champion is. And so they're going to be doing that uh, in AEW. And it's a very convoluted thing because they had a really big show planned with new Japan at the end of the month. And so they're having to, really scramble and create some crazy system. There's going to be like multiple matches back and forth, but either way um, I'm excited to see how this shakes out. I think everybody knows um, what's going to happen though. I think we're going to get John Moxley versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. You can take it to the bank. That's my pick. Um, That is it for the wrestling news. Um, I have, Ooh, okay. I'll do this one first. Dylan Christopher Landon is going to be remaking or readapting. I'm not really sure. Probably more readapting. Um, it says in the article remaking, but to me, that's more like a readaptation um, of Arachnophobia, which is a, uh, a film okay. from, I don't remember uh, what year, uh, late ni- uh, early 90s, oh, uh, 1990, 1990. Um, so, yes, Christopher Landon, uh, director of Happy Death Day, uh, and James Wan is going to be a producer. Um, is going to be remaking Arachnophobia for, um, oh, he also, oh, he also did uh, Freaky. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, I, I think that's a really good idea. Have you, have you seen Arachnophobia, Dylan? It's like a nineties horror comedy. Okay. I know it. It's exactly what you it. think it is. Uh, you don't need to see it. It is what you think it is, but I think this one will be excellent because I like Christopher Landon's sensibilities a lot. And I think you could really do something with this. I, I think it's a really neat property. Are, are you a fan enough to like just blind go see a Christopher Landon horror movie? 
I think so. I've seen a few of his, and I liked both Happy Death Days and Freaky. Um, so I think so. He's he's he comes up with good ideas, like uh, premises, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure if he's going to do something like that, a gimmicky premise uh, for this one. But I, I kind of hope so, because I think that's what I his would, bread and butter is. I mean, the movie is already pretty silly anyway, so I think that's like... Um, but it's just like spiders, right? Yeah, yeah. But we, but don't, like, we don't have... I don't know who's writing it, though. I don't know um, if he's writing it or if someone else is. I feel like um, the premise needs more to make me interested, blindly interested anyway. You know what okay. I mean? Okay, interesting. And spiders. What we'll have to wait and see as more develops on this. They gotta so, be like time traveling spiders or something, you know. <laughs> time travel. I mean, you know what? What if it connects to you know the Happy Death Day universe? Yes. I or mean, someone it's freaky and someone switches body with, with a, a spider. spider. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, excellent. Oh, a spider person that'd be kind of cool. Like, like, like uh, there's a there, like I, I'm just made a I was about to make a D and D reference like a drider like it's a it's a person on top and a, with spider legs at the bottom and. No, not oh, okay. that. Dar- like Darth Maul? Keto topical? Yes. Okay. All right, Dylan. We have a road trip, you and I. We're going to New York City. Oh, for why? June, June 17th to the 29th. The the film at Lincoln Center in New York City is hosting Beware of Dario Argento, a 20-film retrospective. Oof. Can- that's a lot of films. That's a- Dylan, that's a lot. Um, but... I would love to go to that, but they're going to be debuting a bunch of new 4k restorations of Suspiria and Inferno, which is very exciting because I have uh, the scream factory 4k release of Suspiria and it's bad. Um, the transfer is not good. It's ugly. Um, it's one of those. Have you, have you ever had that experience Dylan, where you purchased a 4k actually? And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this doesn't, why did, or like grainy and blurry. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Huh. It's yeah. like this. Did you try or so um, they're going to be debuting a brand new 4K transfer for Suspiria and for Inferno, but the Inferno has not had a 4K home release. Um, hmm. So that's exciting. But can we fly there or? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. Well, okay. I mean, yeah, we've both been there, so we don't have to drive first. Um, that's a Ron joke. Um, <laughs> but there's also 17 of the films are newly restored as well. So they're not all in 4K, but. 17 of the 20 are in are in having are having new uh restorations and he's going to be in person for uh, argento will be there doing q a's and whatever and they're also going to be doing the american debut of his new film dark glasses um i'm a big argento fan obviously we're not going to new york i'm kidding but like i think this is kind of a crazy thing like a big you know nine day event based on one director you know like that's cool that's i mean that's you don't get a lot of that, right? Like, like a, a con almost like a, a film festival atmosphere surrounded by one person. I feel like I would be more tempted to go to this if I hadn't like already seen a version of these movies. It's like as good as it can be, which is malignant, you know? Oh my um, God. <laughs> so you know what? That's why do I want to go see like 20 I, lesser versions you know, of malignant? I, I don't understand why I didn't think this was going to go to malignant. I didn't, it didn't, <laughs> I didn't put this on this on the article list to seed you to talk about malignant, but you know, I'm glad you're picking it up, Dylan. Um, I think at the end of this, he's going to officially hand the baton to James Wan, you know, like as the new King of Argento. I mean, of, exactly. uh, of Giallo, excuse me. Yeah. I'm also the King of Argento for being honest. I mean, he's um, already the new King, but it'd be nice if you would acknowledge it. Officially you know? acknowledged. Right. Like, 
Like you're so what you're saying is Argento is wearing a paper crown, whereas James Wan wears a real one. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, okay. Well, maybe, maybe he's going to retire with this new film, right? Dark Glass has got to be it, right? So I didn't know he was still alive. Got to be honest. <laughs> have you? Okay. So real quick, you have never seen an Argento film, right? I don't think so. I did see the original Suspiria before oh, we went to the okay. yeah before we went to the better one. Okay. Wow. Wow. Sorry. Dis- Luke- Disrespectful. Luca. <laughs> um, that's disrespectful. I do like the new Suspiria though, and ending ending is uh, real wild. We we did a review on that, right? I mean, we must have. Or I maybe not talk about that. I yeah, I don't know if we could just like have a completely NSFW review of that movie. I guess because <laughs> you kind of have to. I want to watch it. That that's a movie I need to rewatch because like that. Um. Anyway, we, we just talk about Argento all the time. Um. Maybe, maybe I'll get Dylan to watch a, a an older, an actual Giallo because Suspiria is not actually a Giallo, Dylan. There were um, red lights in the new one that made it Giallo, I think. <laughs> uh, well, no, um, the original is not a Giallo. Um, I know, but the new one was. The oh, one's oh, peak Giallo. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. Because the right. end, remember the end act? It was completely red. That was Giallo. <laughs> Didn't people walk out in the yeah, theater? They're like, like, all right. You, this movie I've was two it. and a half hours. And you're in the last five minutes and you leave. Yeah. Come on, stick it, stick with it. No matter how crazy Hellraiser monsters come out. And I don't know if you've seen the later Hellraisers, Dylan, but some of the characters that showed up in the end of that Suspiria thing looked like people out of Hellraiser 38. Like, I don't, okay. this is something. Uh, but anyway, um, I wish I could go to this Argento Film Festival. That sounds amazing. Um, but I'm working on Dylan, everybody. I know all my Giallo heads out there um, are clamoring for me to get Dylan to watch The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. You know, we're working on it, guys. We're working on it, okay? But my last piece of news here, in a surprising turn of events, franchises you didn't think were coming back, mm-hmm. uh, or, or why, honestly. Um, Beavis and Butthead are coming back with a new film. Film. I'll. I will. I will use that word. Beavis and Butthead do the universe. Um, the TV is, special. Well, streaming. I mean, it's it. It's a. I think it's a feature length though. It's. I mean, it's streaming on Paramount Plus. Um, What's the cutoff? For what? When something moves from being a. When does it become a movie if it's just a streaming thing? Ooh. Well, okay. So the articles that I'm looking at on Pitchfork which is snooty already um, refers to it as a feature, Hmm. which to me feature is like synonymous with feature episode. Mm, (laughs) Either way. Oh, I see the first trailer for the movie below their pitchforks calling it a movie. They're calling it a movie. Yeah. They're calling it a movie, but it is, it is streaming only, but you sound like old man Scorsese out here. Yeah. It's Um, it's on the, it's on the screens on the phones. It's not a movie. Right. Um, but anyway, um, so this is a sequel to Beavis and Butthead Do America, which I believe came out in 96 or 97 um, or some other time. And I'm just completely wrong and I don't remember. But Dylan, do you care about, Be- about Beavis and Butthead? No. Have you ever seen a Beavis and Butthead? I've seen clips, but no, okay. not a full episode, not a full feature. So so they're. Their original MTV program, and you know that the, their creator, Mike Judge, is the guy that also did King of the Hill. Sure. Um, so I think that's his better work, honestly. But um, Beavis and Butthead started out as an, an MTV 
cartoon show that would they were like sort of like the Elvira of music videos and they would like be on in between music videos and like host them and talk oh, about okay. them and whatever you know they were like the MTV late night cartoon hosts and then they became popular and got little their own shows and then a film um and I'm not going to lie to you as as a as a tween and teen I thought this was peak comedy it's it's burping and farting and you know it's pre south park south park style humor right uh toilet humor uh and I loved it as a kid and then I watched this trailer for Beavis and Butthead do the universe. And I was just like, man, I can't believe I used to like this crap. It's really not any different. It, it feels exactly the same as the old content, which I guess is, you know, a plus um, if that's what you're into. So what did you think of this trailer, Dylan? Did it make, did it make you want to go um, watch Beavis and Butthead do the universe? Not really. It didn't, it didn't do much for me. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. Um, me, yeah, me neither. It tracks it. I don't know. It. I. I don't see a lot of like. I'm sure it is like a cult favorite, but like I don't see Beavis and Butthead content a lot. Like people wanting it to like a right. revival. Like no, no one's in with the Beavis and Butthead T-shirts. You know what I mean? Like no one's coming in with like. Yeah. The, where I, are the I, figures? Where are no the, one's asking the me pops. For, where are the yeah. Right. No one's asking me for Beavis and Butthead stuff. Like it's a weird property to resurrect. And I, I, I wonder if there's some story there where like it was going to go, go into the public domain because they haven't done anything with it. So he's got to make a Beavis and Butthead property. So they make a streaming movie or something. And Mike judge just really wants to continue owning Beavis and Butthead. I do you don't think, know. Do you think if you saw this trailer and were really excited for it, you would be the only person who was really excited for it and also wanted to go to the Dario Gento uh, wow. retrospective <laughs> event. Ooh, so do you think there's anybody that is going there's to the no- Dario Argento Film Festival and who's hype for Beavis and Butthead? I don't think that person exists. You can't like both. You can't oh. like Giallo and Beavis and Butthead. There's no there's no uh crossover in that Venn diagram. No, it's it's two separate circles on the Venn diagram. Okay. It's two fully separate circles. Um I'm curious to to know if any of the Beavis and Butthead um <laughs> stands are they out there? Um <laughs> what they think of this though because like I I was so caught out of left field. I thought it was like some weird, like spoof thing, you know, April fool's day. Like, Oh yeah, sure. They're making a Beavis and Butthead movie. Oh no, this is a real thing. They're making it looked a- fine. It looked amusing though. It, I wasn't like, Oh, this looks awful. Like the watcher stuff was kind of funny. And the, well, my judge makes smart. Like he's penetrating he, the universe. He makes smart, you know, comedy. I mean, he, you know what I mean? Like smart, dumb comedy. Like, um, yeah. like, like idiocracy he did that movie too and that has like a lot of really biting social commentary while also being stupid yeah um i don't know it's weird i don't know i'll, I'll probably watch it though okay I'll, I'll let you know how it goes but um that's that's all i have this week so let's hear about this uh upcoming tabletop stuff Now it's time to give you the rundown on all of the awesome upcoming tabletop events for the month of June. Kicking it off with Keyforge, we run two events a month at our Clear Lake location from 7pm till around 9. Keyforge is the perfect game for casual or hardcore game players. Feel free to come by an hour early to learn how to play. You can join us this month on June 17th and 24th. This month we will be hosting Free RPG Day at our Clear Lake location. 
On Saturday, June 25th, we will be giving away tons of free RPG stuff from top-tier publishers like WizKids, Pezo, Goodman Games, Odiphius, Q Workshop, and more. We will have events all day, including miniature painting, one-page RPGs, and full sessions of Kids on Bikes, Cyberpunk Red, Avatar Legends, and Ten Candles. We'll see you at the game tables. And we are back, and we have Review Rock City for you today. It is, uh, we're going to be doing uh, Obi-Wan Episodes 2 and 3, and Crimes of the Future, the new film from David Cronenberg, which we're going to do first. Um, so, um, spoilers for all of those properties. Uh, for, you know, the, the Crimes of the Future's universe, primarily, I know everyone is really concerned about not getting spoilers about the fate of Saul Tenser and um, any of the other characters. Clarice, what's oh. her name? Candace Cap- Caprice. There it is. Caprice. Caprice son. Yeah. yeah Caprice son. Caprice salad. I don't know. Something like that. Uh, Leah say do anyway. So, uh, and also um, fair warning. Um, when we'll get too graphic, but this is a, there is some pretty graphic content in the movie. So uh, hit that fast forward button. If discussions of body horror elements are not acceptable for you. So skip ahead. Um, anyway, Dylan. So, Dylan, you have never seen a David Cronenberg film. Oh, well, you have. You've never seen the old ones. I've okay. So I'm looking at his list here and looking at the ones I've seen. Uh-huh. I guess I've seen like the Viggo Mortensen cinematic universe. History of Eastern, violence. E- History of violence. Eastern promises. A dangerous method. Um, I saw Cosmopolis, the Robert Pattinson movie. Oh yeah. Um, and that's all of like the top you know his top ones that i've seen i've maybe seen a couple more but i haven't seen it like the fly or anything really um see i thought you might have seen the fly i've thought about it <laughs> the fly's good um yeah. i feel like he's he got like he got popular for scanners videodrome and the fly were like his big mm-hmm. his big uh you know thing there and then he got a bit of infamy with his film crash in 96 Cause there's a lot of sex in the movie and a lot of nudity. Um, just, and a lot of content in crash. If you've never seen that one, not to be confused with the, I don't remember who did the other, the, the other movie, called the crash. Oscar winning, the crash. Oscar winning crash. Yeah. He did yeah. crash. He did not make that one. He made the other one. I don't think Uh-oh. I liked that Oscar winning crash. Actually. No, it wasn't. It wasn't good. Okay. It's like, I forgot that it won best picture. That's unfortunate. Um, anyway. So here we are. Um, what did you expect from this movie, Dylan? I had no expectations. Okay. I saw the trailer and I knew it was about uh, surgery, performance art. I didn't even know it was set in the future. Right. Um, the trailer didn't tell me anything about the plot, really. Uh, no. Neither did the movie, but the trailer <laughs> um, didn't tell me much. So I just kind of went in blind, which is how I wanted it to be. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, same here. I mean, I don't... I, I didn't know anything about the plot uh, going in, but let's get to it. Um, so the plot of the movie is there is a, we're in the future and we don't know when um, just some, sometime in the future. Don't know where either. Um, it's dirty He's, there though. Yeah. It's Every, stone, stone rooms, dirty stone rooms. Everyone's got accents though, different accents. So I don't know who knows. Um, but anyway, um, and Nobody can feel pain in the, in the future. Um, They're desensitized. Yeah. We're desensitized. 
Um, I've read, I read an interesting interview with him about that. Um, oh, so you know what it's about now? Okay. No, I don't. Um, anyway, he, um, yes. So you can't feel pain and people have taken to doing uh, surgery and body modifications as performance art, like flaying their skin open, um, performing gross surgery, whatever. Um, there's a guy who does this interpretive dance with a bunch of um, human ears attached all over his body. Um, you know, just kind of gross body stuff. Right. Um, and that's really the plot uh, mostly. And then there's this, the subplot is there's this small group of people who can start to digest plastic. Um, we don't find that out really. I want to say till like, two thirds of the way through the movie, like specifically what's going on with this plastic thing. Yeah. You see true. the boy, you see the boy eat a trash can. <laughs> this sounds, you see the boy eat a trash can at the beginning of the movie. And then the kid gets killed. And then later on, you find out that his dad's still like just vibing, got, got the son's body in a, like a refrigerator uh, waiting yeah. for the right moment. And he's, he's eating these purple candy bars, you know, what's up with the purple candy bars. And then some other guy eats a purple candy bar and dies. So like, what's up with the purple candy bars? Um, Sounds like a fever dream. Yeah, I know. Uh, and then you find out very late in the movie, I feel like, that the purple candy bars are made of, of microplastics and that are digestible by only certain people with these weird genetic, modern genetic problems or ad- adaptations as they want to refer right. to them. You know, what is it an advantage or is it whatever? So they're talking about um, adapting to all the plastic that we've put into the world um, so there's a, there's a potential environmental message in there as well. Um, there's a lot of layers to the messages in this movie, if you can decipher them. Um, or, are there? I yes, I there guess are. there's layers, but like not important ones. No, me, no. Well, I, well, yes. I don't. I, I don't mean to say that it's like an important film. I mean to say that there's a lot. I think David Cronenberg is trying to say a lot, but not clearly. Any he one is, specific but I feel thing. like they're all under the umbrella. I, I don't know. Well, you're probably right, but there, it, it just felt like, um, Black Mirror esque. We're we had like I know they're literally desensitized, but I think it's like we're desensitizing ourselves to. Uh, oh, I completely agree. With, I you know, all the stuff around us that doesn't, that doesn't matter. And it was just a very on the nose metaphor for that. And everything else that he was trying to say kind of felt like it didn't superfluous. To I, me, I, I definitely read it as a, a commentary on technology as an old man's commentary on technology and our reliance on, you know, devices and, you know, we're losing touch with our humanity. That's how I read it. Now I reading online, a lot of other people are reading environmentalism into this um, and it does seem that that's a little bit where David Cronenberg was coming from. I read an interview he did with Variety. I think it was Variety. Um, it was actually pretty interesting. Um, and he didn't flat out say it was about that, but he gave the most detailed answers about environmentalism and microplastics. And um, he, he said, so this movie is really weird, um, can, like from a technical standpoint, because the, while the body, like the like the 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 human body effects, I think are pretty good and 
effective and gross, whatever they what they 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 achieve what they want them what what they're looking for. But like right. the sets and some of the other stuff looks really cheap. Like yeah, I, the it's props weird. In the sets, the, it right, felt like props. a play a play to me, you know. Especially in when like way. whenever um, Saul would go meet that cop in. Like that just felt like a play. Like it's just like one shot in front of a rusted out boat in the middle of the street. Like what? Are, what is this? Well, this could be a play because almost every scene is a conversation in a cement room. You know, so like yeah, it could very easily be a play. Right. So interesting thing about Crimes of the Future. Um, this was written. Cronenberg wrote this movie. He also directed it and he wrote it. Uh, he wrote it in 1999. Um. And couldn't had problems with funding and whatever. It was post crash because there was a lot of fallout from crash, um, okay. which was pretty critically panned, which is funny. Now it has a criterion 4k. Um, so things have come back around, um, but he was kind of blacklisted for making weird movies after crash came out. Um, and I, the movie got shelved for a bit and in the in the interview with uh with variety he talked about uh, they asked did you change anything and goes oh no not a single word i just shot it as i wrote it in 99 uh that makes sense yeah it's so, that right that really does track he goes but it's funny he's like when i wrote this nobody was concerned about the amount of plastic in the environment or like uh and then and he started saying things that i've never heard of talking about microplastics that are invading our bloodstream and part of our flesh at this point it's like no people are very concerned about the amount of plastic in our blood right now it's like are are they i haven't heard about that but that i'm i'm concerned now david thank you but um so he seems very paranoid about um the environment and i mean rightfully so um so i think that is probably where a lot of that came from but there's a uh, he said he didn't set out to make a retro cronenberg movie but that sort to answer that question of why did modern Cronenberg make an old Cronenberg movie is because he wrote it Makes 22 sense. years ago. Um, so there you go. There's the answer to that question. Um, on the whole, I liked it, although I can see a lot of people not liking it because it is a borderline boring. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically just talking and weird surgery. I, I felt like it didn't have a lot to say. So that's what that's what bored me about it. There wasn't there wasn't any um character development. There was none. Or plot mm. development really. I, I think the only <laughs> character development that you could maybe argue would be um Leah Sedu had a little bit of character development, but like Saul Tenser is I don't know anything about his motivations. Um Viggo Mortensen in in an interview said that this is David Cronenberg's most autobiographical film. And when asked about that, Cronenberg is like, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Uh, Maybe because I'm old and Saul's body is falling apart because Cronenberg's 79 (laughs) is like, maybe he's, maybe Viggo's being funny, but I don't know what he's talking about. This is not, this movie's not about me. Um, Hmm. uh, Scott Speedman, um, Scott Speedman's character um, had a, had an opportunity to have a lot of character depth. The guy whose son died. Yeah. But he didn't. He did not. But like that, I think that could have been like the the you know a big character moment, but it wasn't. Like they all felt like mannequins, but not in their performance, but in the way they were written. 
It's very weird. Yeah. And to go to and, go with what Dylan was saying, I do think there's the movie is saying stuff. I think there's messages there, but you have to really want to find them. You know what I mean? Like, and and, and that's not even like a oh you just don't understand type of a way because it's not that at all. Um, it's like I like David Cronenberg movies. And this is very emblematic. This is quintessential David Cronenberg, like weird and mostly boring, but some interesting ideas. I don't know. What what were your... I, just, I find yeah. it frustrating when movies are like, I think of myself as pretty uh, like astute movie, movie literate, but yeah. like it was hard to follow at times. And that frustrates me because... Like, I'm not trying to pass off all the blame, but I feel like sometimes if I can't follow a movie, it's like, who can? No, I, I don't did disagree. You do a good you. job of telling us what you're trying to say, you know? Um, yeah, there were definitely parts where uh, I was a little lost as to the plot. Like, did, well, I don't know. Like, can I ask you a question? Yeah. I think I missed yes. something major. I probably zoned out for a second. Sure. Um, I'm not going to blame the movie on this, but what the, the breakfast chair, what was that? What was the purpose of it um like what did it do it was to help it was to help digestion um for people who had the organ issue Um, yeah so it's supposed to chew and swallow and digest for you and rotate your body and crack your bones to make the food go down okay well i should have elaborated i got that it's supposed to help with that but like why are they like why is it like struggling to get in their mouth and like they can't really like well it's it's struggling to get in Saltenser's mouth because of the reason we find out at the end is that his body is rejecting it because he can't process the food because he is actually one of these people that is gonna be eating the plastics. So his body has grown to reject the food. So the chair, which is in a symbiotic relationship, symbiot, uh symbiotic relationship with him, is rejecting the food. But the other guy had the same problem, it seemed like. The Did other he? guy with the chair who was killed in his chair. I don't we saw remember. him eating in the chair too. And it looked like he was struggling. I don't remember that. If that's the case, I don't know. I don't want to answer for you. I feel like, I just feel like the realization of the chair wasn't great. Like, so you feel like he, it they just had kind the of idea, moved a little bit. Right. You, you, so they had the idea of like, what if we had this bone chair that you, that, that feeds you and stuff and like, Oh, neat, do it. And then try to add some subtext to it. And then, not an, it doesn't i just don't get what the bone chair does like i get it moves you around it wiggles you but like <laughs> it's not attached anywhere really like I, I, is it i don't know it might be i don't remember this isn't important but anyway right. there were things that's what I, that's just one thing where i was like i don't really get that and i would just move on because it was we'd move to the next thing you know right so right, right there was a lot of that where i was like i guess i need to think about this some more but his weird um, tentacle bed was weird too very similar like but they kind of explained the purpose of that you know but i thought um, that was really poorly realized too like it looked just like those sticky hands that you buy at like from like the machine it just sticks on your hands and it's like now it messes with your psyche and i'm like what cronenberg does that a lot where you're gonna get tech that doesn't make any sense um and you just like you just have to accept it that yeah like I did for the sake of the movie. I was like, cool, whatever. But I right. also realized that it wasn't the best, uh, impl- like they didn't implement it. The, best, it felt, you know? the movie felt very out of date. Yeah. A it, felt, bit. it felt like a eighties movie, honestly. Um, but he's an eighties director to me still like, 
If this movie and came I, out after Videodrome, I think between Videodrome and The Fly, this would have been a huge hit. For I maybe. mean, rel- relatively to to David Cronenberg. Um, but before we go, uh, well, actually, no, that's it. I, I don't really have anything else really to say about it. I just want to say about the performances. Oh, oh my gosh! I okay, thought yes. the performances saved a little bit for me. I thought they were mostly good, but I, we did comment on how everyone was in a different movie. They were. Um, I actually enjoyed Kristen Stewart the most because she was doing something weird. Uh, she was so weird in this movie. I think she thought like, well, this far into the future, people wouldn't act and have the same mannerisms as like a modern person. So I'm just going to do something weird. And she said in an interview, she said every day she would go to set and then film something and be like, what the hell did I just do? Like, I don't know what <laughs> what, what that was. I, I love know? that. And that makes sense having seen it. Well, I, I feel like that's that's something that, like as a as an actor, um, you accept the you accept the Cronenberg role. It's like you know what you, you know you're going to be in for something. It's like if if David Lynch offers you a role, you take that one too. You're like you know what we're doing it. I don't care. I want this on my resume. This is going on my IMDb that I was in a David Cronenberg movie or David Lynch movie or you know anybody who makes any, kind of any like, David movie. Yeah, any David movies. Uh, any 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 like weirdo director movies. I think you you want to be in those, and she really did an awesome performance. Uh, very strange and irregular, sure. <laughs> like man, not I wouldn't say, yeah, not not classically good. Uh, no, Mm-mm. but I enjoyed it immensely. I enjoyed her. It was performance a breath immensely. of fresh air because a lot of people were so solemn, and then she would come in and be like, and, "Well, you wacky. know what?" Her and her buddy, who worked at the National Organ Registration place, I liked her buddy too. He was really he was good. He was a he was a great performance actually, and he was just so weirdly just such a fan of Vigo Morton's character, but like subdued, but not like I, his performance was probably the best in the film. I think. Oh well, Leia Sadu was good too. She was good. I liked the uh, mechanic ladies. They were kind of fun too. They were so strange. They were um, weird. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's like let's just get naked again and get in this autopsy machine. Okay. And the way you kill people in the future is drill. Drill. There's no um, other advancement. Um, I recognize the 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 shorter one with the pulled back ponytail from something. I don't know what I recognize her from. Um, but I there was a lot of people in this movie that I had no idea who the heck they were. So anyway, let's 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 rate this thing. Um, so okay. we're we're doing we're doing letterboxed. Um I gave it four stars on Letterboxd because it is definitely flawed, but I had a great time watching this movie um, and I will watch it again when okay. I want to be baffled. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it might benefit from a second watch, you know, maybe or you might benefit from a second yeah. watch, but um, I feel like it was a very interesting premise uh, stretched a little too thin, um, but good performances that saved it for me and made me enjoy it. Same with the, uh, I, I liked all the prosthetic stuff. I thought that was fun. Um, but yeah. like this, for me, what Don't hurt spill. it the most was some of the 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 dialogue and the, the yeah the Don't Spill moment and the like the the setting and the the props and it, it felt like very fan film sci fi. Uh, like everything was 
seemed poorly done. I'm sure that's what they were going for. But to me, I didn't enjoy it. It knocked it down a bit to a three stars, which I think is still a positive review. I still enjoyed it. Yeah, that's still a positive um, review. Not my fave. Right. Um, I think think that's still... I'm I'm okay with that. I mean, it really is probably a three-star film. It is sitting at a a 3.4 on Letterboxd and a 78 between Rotten Tomatoes. So there you go. Um, Go check it out. If you... Maybe don't. I don't know. If 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 what we if, said sounds appealing, yeah, check it out. Yeah, yeah, for real. If you've ever seen any of his movies, his older movies, you know what you're getting into. Um, th- so you know on Rotten Tomatoes where they have the critics consensus, um, it says um, quintessential, if not classic, Cronenberg. You know, it's like, yeah, it's a lot like the old stuff. It's not as good, but there you go. That's kind of shady. Yeah, but anyway, let's get to Obi Wan. We spent too much time on Crimes of the Future. Let's talk about Obi-Wan. It's Obi time. It's Obi time. Episodes two and three. Okay. So I'll, I'll breeze through episode two a bit. We'll talk about our general feelings of it. And then we'll get to episode three. I think the sure. bigger one people care about more probably. Um, yeah. But in episode two, it starts with Obi-Wan and Leia. They escape to this like Blade Runner looking wallpaper. Yes. And um, they're looking for a Jedi to help them basically. We get the little cameo with Tamar Morrison as the clone trooper begging for money. I thought that was a nice... Yes. World, world building moment um and then they find the jedi they're looking for um it's Kamal nanjiani i thought that was a good spot in the episode i liked that part of it who's a basically a charlatan uh yes. pretending to be a jedi um selling tickets and or you know selling advice right faking his powers that he doesn't actually have yeah i thought he was fun though uh, yeah um, he was good um as Hasha, far as Car- star wars cameos go yeah um but then after that, they kind of leave and like it's just Leia v. Obi-Wan a little bit, like trying yes. to get away from him. She doesn't trust him. But in this episode, we'll get to episode three. But in this episode, I thought she there's like a fine line between like precocious little kid and like annoying. I felt like yeah, and, she like, stepped not, over it, man. Like I, I'm not going to say anything's due to this like young actress because I think she's good. She's fine. But like. The th- they made her make a lot of decisions that were anti-plot, um, not designed to for viewers to see her in a favorable light. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally anything, agree. Anything but unlikable is what I'm trying to say. Well, I mean, okay, look, if this wasn't Princess Leia, you would absolutely hate this kid. I mean, I, I'll be I'll be completely honest. If this wasn't a character that you already know and like, true, she sucks. Like, I'm not into her. In, in episode two, we're talking about specifically. Yeah, I she was so obnoxious she i mean not not saying anything about the performance the performance was good um actually um but the way the character was written i'm not into it um and just just so many it's sort of your deal this is more towards the story with her character um this is sort of sort towards your thing dealing with prequels is that there's no tension or drama for me when right. she's falling off this roof or she's going to get killed by this droid or, you know, she's going to get killed by someone. You know, it's like, but she's not. I, gee, that, I hope Princess Leia is going to be okay. Yeah. And that goes for almost all the main characters in the show. We won Vader, you know, right. Everyone has plot armor. So it's a little bit like, okay, like we'll see how this plays out. <laughs> you know, right. uh, that's how I feel anyway, but I am predisposed to not liking that as well as precocious children. So, <laughs> um, I'm a little biased, but um, 
then we we get some more inquisitor stuff there's a lot of inquisitor infighting there's it's not the smoothest ship that they're running um i feel like they're all except for reva stormtrooper level incompetent the yes. inquisitors um i'm not sure how the grand inquisitor dude was in rebels or you know the his other appearances but he seems really stupid here like <laughs> everything he's telling reva not to do is like clearly the bad way advice. to go you know right, like, right, right. and i i'm not sure if it's bad like character development or world building but like they keep telling her not to do things because it's like too far you know they're like uh-huh. don't kidnap that kid to lure obi-wan out or like don't threaten this dude to see where the jedi are um and she's like no i'm gonna do that and she's right and every succeeds. time right but like are they good i don't understand what why why is why are they all working against her i don't understand <laughs> you I, know i i really don't know like it doesn't make any sense and i'm and so to your point i have not seen um those older the, the cartoons so i can't tell you specifically but they're just they seem like incompetent buffoons yeah so except for Reba, you weren't Reva. you weren't um you know i'm not feeling the, out the, of shape when she killed air quote killed the grand inquisitor dude no dude <laughs> it's very cad bane from boba fett like the one everyone was excited to see is now not there anymore right that's pretty um, funny it's kind of funny to me that we're doing that again but um, yeah i don't know uh reva is the coolest character in the show so far she is i was just want, i wanted to be her show i want to find out i'm like interested to find out what her motivation is maybe it's because She's the one that I don't know what happens to her, so I'm more invested, you know? Right. But I'm really liking the performance, and I just want to see what's next for her, you know? And I'm hoping that they... She seems to have some kind of personal investment in Obi-Wan. Um, yeah. So I'm hoping we find out more there, but mm-hmm. she's cool. And then at the end of the episode, we get the Vader and the tank reveal. Oh, wait. I have one one, one other complaint. Okay. <laughs> I didn't really enjoy this episode. Just want to say neither. that. Um, when she's hunting down obi-wan she just tells him that anakin's alive and he's like oh what like <laughs> he's like oh where is he um and i thought that was a super weird narrative choice for that to be the way he finds out like just someone tells you oh hey by the way like couldn't we have done the typical like i mean this is star wars so i'm asking for a typical thing you know but like he battles darth vader and then like finds out mid fight that it's that, Anakin that, or something like that. Like right. some kind of grand reveal to Obi-Wan would have been satisfying to watch, you know, but this was just Reva being like, Hey, you know, Anakin's alive. Right. And that was it. <laughs> it, it. No, I completely agree. That's a very weird design choice, but maybe they do only have six episodes. So I don't know. Maybe there's some things that have to change around a little bit. I don't know. I thought he knew honestly, up until that moment, I, I, I assumed, like, Oh, he doesn't yeah. know. Yeah, I was in the same spot. Like, oh, he didn't know that already. Okay. I guess it's not known that Vader's the leader of. I don't know. I don't. There's some bad world building here. I'm just gonna say it. You know, like I, I agree. I don't know how things are run and how this world works. So, <laughs> yeah, I, um, that was I, I confusing to me. But personally, I feel like we turned a corner when we did episode three this week's episode. Yes, I thought it was. I still have some problems, but I thought it was significantly better. I enjoyed it um it starts with with uh vader and reva she's meeting with him she she went to talk to the manager okay um and he offers her like basically the the 
grand inquisitor role or whatever if she can get obi-wan but it's implied that if she doesn't he's gonna kill her you know right so that's a that's a big gamble for her um but it was cool seeing oh, vader again you know i yeah. guess the voice it's still I, the same I, I don't know i feel like we're, we're sort of at the point of diminishing returns for me of seeing vader and popping for vader you know like I I I, I think you're for, in the minority I, there. Am I? I popped for Vader at Rogue One because, like, oh, it's so cool. Um, but I think that was it. I think I I think I think that was my last one. Unless you're doing something completely different with the character, which we might be, as we get a little bit further into this, but I no. don't think we are. Um, he seems no to no major developments can be made. Yeah, with if we have to end with a new hope, you know. Right. Um, but after that, we go to Mapuzo, Mapuzo, the planet. Yeah. Um, another desert planet. We're back. We did Blade Runner, and now we're back at a desert planet. Um, this we're one back, has baby. cliffs, though, so it's very different than Tatooine. Not at all the same. No, um, totally different. That, that's a pet peeve of mine, really quick. I feel like we never revisit locations in Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we. We've like, we got a lot of Tatooine. Well, okay. Well, other than Tatooine, I feel like it's always like we're gonna go to this planet you never heard of. Now we're gonna go to this planet you never heard of. Across like all the movies and properties, it's like how come we're never going back? What's, to- up, what's going on in Naboo? Yeah, what's up with Naboo? <laughs> what's up with Yavin? You know, like yeah, Hoth. I guess you're right. It's and it's it, it's the same thing. Also, I have the, it's it's like um with with the, all the different uh, character spe- with the, the the species and races like. Uh, up until very recently, the only named Wookiee on screen in the live action stuff is Chewbacca. And the only whatever Greedo is, is Greedo. You know what I mean? Like you only get like you get one and then you get another race. You know, it's just interesting to me. It's like I, they save I, that for the EU, I guess, you know, I hate so they visit these planets a lot and have right. many other in books and characters. stuff. But like, yeah, I'm I don't have time for that. You know, I want to know about. Uh, I, I want to see more more Wookies, and I want to see more. I agree. You know, I had a, revisit the locations. I had a long discussion with Hyde about this on the way back from this convention we set up at. Yeah. Um, it was like an hour long Star Wars discussion, and I was oh, just wow, pushing him on things, and like, I think my like I I I got he he has an answer for everything, you know, of course, um, which is good. Uh, but I think it's just that solidified what I thought, which is like everything has been spelled out in EU, the comics, the movies, the book. I mean, you know, not the movies, the books, right. stuff like that. Um, and some of it not even canon, but the world building and the 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 history that we need is not spelled out in the shows and the movies for me, you know, like. Right. And I, I asked him, I was like, think... why has why doesn't Obi-Wan even consider why is he gung ho on training Luke but not Leia? Like he's with Leia. Why is right. that not even consideration to train Leia? And then of course he has this elaborate answer for why that is, you know. But the movie, the show is just like, oh, I must train Luke. And then he's like, Oh, here's Luke's twin. Hello. <laughs> you know, it's right, like that's right. it. Like I I need a reason, you know. Um but yeah, that, I know that's, I, just, that's I, me specific, I think. Well, no, no, no. I, I completely agree with you because my, I have the problem with this. I have the same issue where I just, I don't know. Like, 
there's so there seems to be so much lore requirement to buy in to enjoy modern Star Wars. Um, and I like modern Star Wars ish, but I don't want to have to play every video game, read every comic, watch, you know, watch every cartoon show, read every book. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I think they're not doing a great job with that. So. Yeah. I just want some more ground level answers. Even if you're reiterating something that you've already done in a novel or something, it would be, it'd be just helpful for me. To give you me know? a little bit because like, you don't have, like even not, it's not even a casual fan doesn't know. It's like, you got to be hardcore mm-hmm. to know, like, give me something mid, you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I think it does affect the story. You know, I think maybe some other people are wondering why he's not, doesn't want to train Leia, you know, like, yeah. obviously he can't, I think that's the reason they're not bringing it up. Cause we know he doesn't. So there's no point in, in covering that, but sure. But, but yeah, it's so if we're weird. judging it on its own as a show, I think that's something that should be talked about, but I, I agree, but he has a nice heart to heart with her. He talks about his family a bit and his brother, which he doesn't, we don't really know the fate of. Um, so I think there's probably a Joby right. one spinoff coming <laughs> Joby one soon, uh, another Kenobi show, something, you know, there's no way that they threw that in there for, for, nothing. Uh, for no payoff. Yeah. It's star Wars. So it's like, I don't know where my brother is. I honestly didn't. So know anyway, <laughs> it was that. Yeah. Um, right. Did that did you pop for the Obi-Wan brother? No, I mean, I assume it's the Michael. I assume his brother is the guy that he gave money to that was on the street that he was staring at. Right. Or was oh, it just I a, don't know. the veteran of the Clone Wars? I assume I, that that's sort of my assumption. No, that was the that was the, the clone trooper. The was Boba Fett actor, dude. Oh, was was? Yeah. Oh, OK, well, then never mind. I got nothing. We'll see him soon. Don't worry. We'll have an answer. Great. Um, I can't wait. And then we get more Inquisitor office drama, office uh, yes. space drama, um, which it's just like on this ship with this empty room and like three people arguing about Vader. And like, <laughs> I want a zoom out. I want, uh, I just want to know the hierarchy, how that works, because they're all just kind of arguing with each other. And like, I called Vader and like, no, I called Vader, you know, it's like, why did you call him? Yeah, I don't, uh, the, this, the mechanics of, of this uh don't make any uh, i have no grasp on it i couldn't tell you anything you know i i agree and the kind um, of things that i saw in the andor trailer are like what i'm missing from this which is a more behind the scenes what's going on here um right but it's almost like they don't want to they like need to adhere to not having any uh canon stomping moments so they just do nothing you know what i mean by that like yeah right like we'll be in a room and they will talk and we'll see nothing else. And that way this won't interfere with anything else that's going on, you know? <laughs> right. We're not going to accidentally step on a butterfly yeah. in, in the world or something. Yeah. Because if they do that, then in 10 years, when we're still in the Skywalker saga, you can't say like, Oh, these were the only inquisitors here, you know, or something like that. You know, like right. what if we want to do another team of inquisitors later, we can't talk about any, anything else that's happening in the empire. Because um, because of the problems that they ran into with the previous EU, you know, when they before they uh, started over, yeah, you know, every minute not not on screen was accounted for. So you either choose to adapt it or to start over and have a new continuity, and that's what we did. And they're doing they're trying to avoid that, but to their own detriment. I just want 
this is the most most unpopular Star Wars opinion, but I just want a post sequel trilogy world. Um, I want new stuff like stuff that hasn't been covered before going forward. I yeah. know we can do High Republic, which is really far back, um, but they all die. Um, <laughs> anything. I, I don't want to know the fate. I was just like, I was talking to Hyde about this too, and he seemed no Star Wars fan wants that. I don't think really. Um, but like I, I said, I just want to experience Star Wars the way people did when they watched the original trilogy, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm just really jealous. I have never had that experience because everything that's come out for me is prequel stuff really you know and the sequel stuff is what really i enjoyed because it was uh new new territory mostly um, right would people watch if they did a disney plus show with ray finn and poe would um, everyone no. reject it or would they yes well uh, well the Star or would they be the, like the, curious the, the diehards are going to watch it no matter what of course but i think there's such a taint to the sequel trilogy um with a lot of people that I think, I think so. I think those characters are done. I think they're. I have a suspicion that it's a little bit Snyder Army. Like, not everyone actually feels that way. You know, there's like a uh-huh. very, very loud minority. I know in okay. our comic book world, that seems to be the majority too. It's like the opinion echoed. I heard it on YouTube thing. Right. Um, I, I like those movies mostly, but I feel like regular people who don't care Except too much about one. star wars would actually tune in for that but i don't know what do i i, I mean I, I'm, I don't have my finger on the pulse of the star wars community you, you, well see but that's what you don't that's what you you want the non-star wars community yeah you know because the star wars community will watch whatever they want whether they complain about it or not they're still going to watch it which is all that matters um ultimately um and i i liked two out of the three of the sequel trilogies uh sequel yeah. movies um there's got to be someone else out there who wants sequel stuff. <laughs> or like, I want to see Ray starting her new school. She's the only Jedi around now, pretty much, you know? Right. Unless we don't you know, know their fate. Grogu. Right, exactly. But, um, like, what about Ray and Grogu starting the new wave of Jedi, like, or something like that, you know? But yes, something. I don't know. I don't know. Like, <clears throat> I think they don't know what they're doing, honestly. I think, think? I think they're trying to. Uh, avoid if, to make a comparison. I think they're between Marvel and DC, so they have a bunch of success financially, but they have a lot of problems with their with their properties, uh, like DC does. So they're trying to get keep their franchise moving, but not have to move to what DC did, which is almost making everything independent of of itself and stop pumping out so much stuff and you know sort of retooling all the time so they're 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 still making stuff but st- stuff that is safe obi-wan is the safest thing obi-wan mandalorian book of boba fett that is the safest star wars stuff you can make yeah you know, come on like i just and is a little risky but i'm again he's a prequel of a dead character like okay i just i wish the studios would learn the lesson like i feel like we keep seeing it like oh the snyder people want Zack snyder's justice league and that underperforms and then we want oh we need morbius to come we love morbius and then that doesn't do it well like it's just like and clearly they like changed course after the ryan johnson thing because of the internet response 
Right. So like at some point they have to realize maybe the popular internet trendy response thing isn't what how everyone feels, you know? Like right. and you just go with what you think is the best story and what what should be what should be told, you know, based on the creative person who's in front of you telling you I really want to make this, you know. I, I, I don't know. But anyway, Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 um, I agree. Um, but this episode was the best of the three, I think. It was. Yeah. Um we met Tala, a former Imperial lady running the Underground Railroad for Jedi. Yes, that was cool. She mentions, ugh, I'm forgetting his name, but she mentions another Jedi dude who is alive, which people, I guess, didn't know was alive, but they're like, oh, he was here, something like that. And um, that was a big thing for Star Wars fans. It's somebody uh, I didn't know either. So yeah, so but he's going to get new, new content, obviously. Um, and then we get the big Vader confrontation with Obi-Wan and Vader. Okay. What sound I, off? I thought it was mid. I thought it was mid. I agree. I think maybe that's by design because they want a bigger one at the end. But sure, I agree. I liked the bit where they're chasing each other uh, in the desert with no, there's no lights, and they'll he'll like turn the lightsaber on and turn the lightsaber off to like move silently or whatever. I thought that's a neat concept. But I thought the fire thing was stupid. Like, I, I get the 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 poetic symmetry of. It's like poetry and rhymes uh, of uh, Vader throwing Obi-Wan in the fire. Okay, I get it. But we know Obi-Wan doesn't get burned or, or at least significantly so. Like, I, I, don't, well, need a, I don't need a life-threatening Obi-Wan. I don't know. Like, I, I'm just not going to buy it. You got to throw in some tension, I guess. Like, I know. Or but attempt like, to. Um, I don't the know. The fire thing didn't really... bother me. It felt okay. obviously very on the nose. But then... I was more put off by, I don't know. That's just like, oh, Vader wants Obi-Wan dead. Like, he wants him dead. He's going to kill him. He's going to kill Reva. She doesn't get Obi-Wan, you know? And then he gets him, and then he just lets him leave, which was really weird to me. I didn't really... I wish they they designed a better mechanic for Obi-Wan to get away and Vader to not, like, actually, like, slip through Vader's fingers, you know? And especially with how bloodthirsty they were. Vader was just, like, killing everybody. Snapping necks, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't doing that in uh, A New Hope. You know what I mean? He was foreshoking some people, but like, you know, like he's pretty ruthless here. So I don't know, like, and then he just lets Obi Wan go. And the lightsaber battle itself felt very lackluster. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking it's got to be because they want to do the bigger one later. But like, they. It, there were no it wasn't very thrilling to watch the lightsaber battle and no i think nostalgia did the heavy lifting for people who thought the scene was really cool um i thought it was cool to some extent but like my random uh, nitpick complaint with this act of this episode was that like it kind of felt like a fan film to me because it looked like it was in like utah or something you know like nothing about this world looks alien at all um, um i don't i don't disagree with you so like when they were fighting with the lightsabers, I just like couldn't stop picturing just like cosplayers in Utah, uh, <laughs> right? Swinging, swinging they, around. Like, are they not using the Mandalorian set thing? They might be, which is even more unforgivable because you could just invent any world and then you do, you do uh, a canyon right. little thing, you know? Because Mandalorian like, looks great. Yeah, like, and this looks great too. I mean, is, there's no obvious greens. Like it didn't. It didn't stand out as something awful. It's just really uninventive and sure, uh, uninspired. Yeah, I wasn't. You it took me out of it a little bit. Yeah. No, I just want if this is some random alien planet, like 
Mapuzo, Mapuzo. I want, I want something special. You know, we've done desert. Yeah, right. Montana or whatever it was. This one, you know, give me something a little different. I I get that, but we only have three left. Are you looking forward to next week? Yeah, I enjoyed this one, so I'm looking forward to this one, uh, the next one. Um, Okay, we're halfway done already. It's fun. Bye. I know, I know, it's crazy, and uh, Ms. Marvel soon and. Stranger Things just wrapped up, and we're going to be talking about that. Well, they didn't wrap up, but they did an episode dump. Uh, so we'll be talking about that soon, I'm sure. I feel like we have to talk about the Riva thing. Oh. The elephant the, in the room. The, the, the real little, life, like the Moses Ingram yeah, thing? Which is the elephant, which is Star Wars fans acting up again. <laughs> it's, I mean, absolutely. Star Wars fans, you got, like, you got you to gotta figure it out. What's going on? You have official Star Wars accounts telling you to stop being a problem. You have Ewan McGregor making a, t- a Twitter post, a video of him like, why are you being racist? Stop this. And it's embarrassing. It like, uh, like I used to identify as a Star Wars fan. I used to s- say I really like Star Wars and I do like Star Wars. Um, and I do have an interest. I've read a lot of the books and whatever, played some of the games. I've played the tabletop role playing games. I like Star Wars. Um, but man, I have no interest in being a part of that community. Um, and I feel I've like seen... people who say like the big Star Wars fans who are like, oh, that's just a few, it's not crazy, crazy people. Like the real Star Wars fans don't feel that way. It's like, no, you have a huge problem in your fandom, and it's most of them. I feel like if you right. Google Riva on YouTube, you will scroll for a long time to find something positive, not racist, you know, same on Twitter. Um, right. There's something wrong with the Star Wars community. There's obviously very um, like pure, you know, non-toxic fans, which I'm Matt. sure all of our, all of our listeners are. Right. Yeah. And and Hyde and stuff like and that. Hyde. Um, yeah. We're not talking about those. I heard in the store lots of people, like I from my office, I can hear customers talking about it because it was the talk of the town. Um, and even if you're like this is like a PSA, even if you're um, like, oh, well, I don't hate Reva because of the color of her skin. I hate her because blah, 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 blah. She's poorly written. And uh, I don't like the way she's talking. And um, she's like the way she's just kill- like she's too aggressive. Like all, all of the thing, your problems can be rooted in, in racism. You know, yeah, or even if you're not aware of it, it can it can it, like <clears throat> it, it can be in related to some form of bigotry, because look, this is that that's the that's the best character of the show you're losing your mind you're lying to yourself if you're saying something otherwise um and also i would like as long as we're talking about it i'll touch on this i an article came came in my newsfeed about how um some fans are comparing this to the gina carano situation and oh disney's stepping in to defend moses ingram but nobody's defending they didn't defend gina carano when she was getting harassed on twitter and it's like that is a false equivalency uh, because Gina Carano um, was harassed. No, she should not have been harassed, of course. Um, however, she was harassed because of something she did, right? Because right. of In articles she shared, you know, being being um, a bully on Twitter and, you know, being derogatory towards transgendered people, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on. Sharing alt-right, woke, uh, anti-woke conspiracy stuff, whatever. What is Moses Ingram getting harassed for? Existing, being in Star Wars. Yeah, it's a very Rose Tico situation. Very Rose Tico. So 
Um, remember Kelly Marie Tran, please. <laughs> remember when yeah. she had to leave social media because of Star Wars. Yeah. So if you if um, you like look, if you hold or you say you hold the opinion that you're ha- that you don't like Riva, oh, it's not because of this reason, it's because of a story reason. Really, really reevaluate that. Look at it, please. There's no shame in looking into it. If you can identify with Anakin for all the same reasons, or like think he's cool, or Vader for all the same reasons that you hate Riva, I think you just need to dig a little deeper and see why that is, why you can't identify with certain characters, you know? Um, right. Th- or why you don't allow the same uh, right. purity test um, that female characters or black characters or something need to pass that you don't apply to other characters. And, and does that, that make is. you a bad person? No. No. It, it, it makes you a bad person if you see that, that you are bigoted and then just go, oh, well, I guess I'm a bigot. I guess I better send her a hate message. That makes you a bad person. That makes you a bad person. But if you see it, recognize it, and then attempt to move on and improve and whatever, then that's pretty respectable. So I'm sure Um, none of our our listeners are in that camp, but you never know. You never know. Like I said, I heard it. I heard it from myself. And I heard people talking about the way she speaks. Uh from several like a couple of people actually and it's the just way like, she speaks they they don't like the way she speaks they're calling they said it was like hood or ghetto or something like oh, that God. you know and like even like whatever it if that's, that's true whatever who cares but like i have i don't i hate to break it to you but everyone in star wars has an accent an earth accent um right obi-wan's like british or whatever uh <laughs> Right. As Amer- everyone's got an American accent. Like it doesn't. If that were the case, even who like why does that matter? It's Star Wars, you know. Right. That, that's <laughs> that's what breaks your immersion. And why accent? is it that accent that bothers you? Right. Exactly. Think about that too. Why is it not the British accent? You know, or the right. the racist stereotype uh, Eastern Asian guys in the prequel series? Why are those okay? But you know, like right. think about it. Dig yeah, deep. I, just, I just, promise you'll be better after it. <laughs> and. And I'm not going to rip on you. Like, you know, if you, if you recognize We're all it, flawed, yeah. Put in the work. Right. I, you know, we've all been there where you really, you, you found out your blind spots. You go, Oh my God, I can't believe I was saying it's that, a never ending that. journey. Michael and I have blind spots. Everyone does, you know, it's like, just got to say why with every, every uh, bias that you have, you know? Right. Exactly. But anyway, watch Obi-Wan. Watch it. Watch it. Reva's really cool. She, Don't bully her out, out of the Star Wars universe, please, because you know Disney listens to y'all. Right. <laughs> for real. Um, but on the plus side, Kelly Marie, Marie Tran was at Star Wars Celebration. So it looks like she's... That made me so happy. She, I know. She, she looked really happy, too. It's like, that's that's good that people right. come around to that. Thank you God. Know? If people anyway. can forgive her forgive her like she did anything but you know what i mean if they community commander and hayden christensen then we can turn a corner on reva like this week now come on yeah you know? figure, figure it out yeah. but um that's gonna do it for us this week thank you all so much for downloading us really appreciate all the support bye everyone this is dylan and i'm michael we'll see you next time Thanks for sticking around for the mid-credits. We can tell you've been trained well. If you want to help us out, please go over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. It'll really help new people find the show, and it will help us to get Rotten Tomatoes verified so we can start affecting those rankings. Then, check out our socials. We're BRC Uncanny on Twitter, 
Uncanny Universe on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you online. <laughs>